0: Diksha Sethi brings to you her exclusive podcast, Different Strokes, a place of celebrating the undying human spirit. Get to hear inspiring stories from different guests that will endure you, encourage you and strengthen your willpower and inner voice. Stories of people who walked through rough paths of various situations and how they walked out of those circumstances boldly. At some point in our lives, we've all dealt with body weight issues. We don't like the way we look in the mirror sometimes. And we resort to crash diets or unsustainable regimes that leave us demoralized. The struggle is real. My next story on Different Strokes is about a guy who proudly calls himself a mama's boy, and why not? His mother was his lone inspiration that led to his extreme body transformation. His journey not just goes from 140 kilos to 70 kilos, but through a lot of self-discovery and self-love. Please welcome, Vineet Dominic. So, thank you very much Vineet for agreeing to do this. It's great to have you uh, on Different Strokes
1: my complete pleasure i couldn't resist the opportunity when you told me um about the story and why we're doing this and i'm so happy to be over here
0: excellent so tell me about the life-altering experience you had uh so well um honestly i
1: had tried everything and um i had almost given up because um everything either lead was too fast and uh, there wasn't any outcome out of it. And secondly, there was no motivation in my life to do it at all. Mm. And all that I all that I heard from people was how I was not good enough, how you know, despite I me achieving a lot of things that which I had already, uh, everything would come down to the, the thing that you know, oh, but like you're fat, so you're going to die early, you're obese, so none of this matters. Uh, this is only going to last until you're 30. So I, I never mm. had any true motivation and I had really a very thick skin by then. Uh, but then I think um, um, as I, one of the greatest reasons for me uh, to be inspired by and you know, whenever someone asks me is my mother. And when I realized that uh, here is an opportunity for me to prove the person who's always believed in me you know despite Mm. everybody else who's never believed in me uh, you know despite that being proof or anything of my capabilities this is one opportunity for me to ensure that uh, she's proven right in front of people and uh, she has an opportunity to live with pride and that was the biggest motivation Mm. and then obviously like you know when I saw myself uh, losing weight uh, over time and it happening naturally when I never imagined it would that was Mm. uh motivation in itself, so I just went on, I would stand on the weighing scale, uh, mm-hmm. keep very small targets, unlike what I used to do before, right. uh, just maybe 500 grams, 300 grams and it just, you know, every say, that small drops make an ocean, that's yeah. how it happened, so every week on week I went on losing weight and it's been amazing after that.
0: Yeah, I've seen that transformation and I, I could not recognize you it's like, wow, <laughs> this is not the same person that I don't. Where has that know, teddy bear gone? <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. I remember that
1: after my entire transformation, I had gone to pick up my sister at the airport and she wouldn't hug me. And I'm like, why are you <laughs> making so weirdly? And I've grown up with her. She's like, look, yeah. you just look so different. different yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And she was just not hugging me. And that was so funny. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah. But uh, <laughs> tell me, how much did you weigh
0: uh, when you started your journey? <clears throat>
1: I was around one forty kgs. I wouldn't actually fit hmm. on the traditional scale, hmm. so I used to go to a dietitian in Bandra, and there was Holy Family Hospital next to her uh, clinic. So we had to actually go to the hospital to get like the higher weighing scale. Right.
0: And how much you weigh now? Uh,
1: so I weigh around seventy kgs. So I almost lost seventy kgs.
0: Wow! You almost lost a man. Uh,
1: I almost lost a human. Yes. <laughs> wow!
0: It's it's amazing. It's incredible, but. Um, what was different this time? I know you talk, you spoke about the motivation that you know your mother uh, gave you mm-hmm. and a lot of the, you know, the vibes, the energy that you uh, derived from her. But um, you know, parents obviously worry all the time about your health. My parents mm-hmm. are always after my life, ye kar, you know. And it, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just shut my uh, <laughs> myself right now. I was like, Mujhe right. nahi so. What was the right. different this time? How did it suddenly? occur to you that you know this is important for me, I need to do this and probably I need to do this uh, you know more for myself more than anybody else
1: so honestly um, as I said that I tried everything before that Mm. but then I remember uh, that my manager at work uh, she was she was a huge gym going person and all of that but she wasn't really losing weight, she was gaining muscles but I mm-hmm. saw that she wasn't really losing weight But suddenly in like 3 months she lost considerable amount of weight and I knew that at that point in time she had completely stopped gym So I was kind of intrigued by that and I was like what happened and how did she do that? So mm-hmm. I went up to her and I asked her and then she told me about this dietitian obviously <clears throat> One of the biggest things that attracted me because this was one of the rules that I wanted to follow for myself is mm-hmm. that it was completely natural mm-hmm. and it was completely based on you. How uh, determined you are and how um, dedicated you are to the diet. So right. I was like, okay, this is something that does not make me go out of my way. Like I don't mm-hmm. have to do anything special or different or crazy. at the same time. Yeah, or crazy.
0: <laughs> like crash uh, completely, completely and yeah, yourself, none, uh, none of that,
1: right? None of that, mm-hmm. none of that. <laughs> And um, at the same time, it's something that um, I do not have to like discuss with anybody. It's something that's in my control. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship that I have between my dietitian and myself. And it's something that's very scientific. So all the information is available online. I am literally mobile savvy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I can Google things whenever I want to. So Mm -hmm. it was very convenient. It was very easy. It was something that was doable and most importantly, it was completely natural. I did not have to consume Mm -hmm. any tablets. anything weird so I was totally sold on to the idea so Mm -hmm. I took up this chance and as I said that within the first week I started seeing changes which is very small alterations in food and uh, habits and I was very very happy and then you know the the whole happiness of standing on the scale and finding yourself lighter every week Mm -hmm. was the sole reason that I did it right
0: right That's, I think that's a great motivation Um, and the fact that your uh, diet plan or your entire regime was suited to your needs and your existing lifestyle, that I think did the trick probably. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, You mentioned about, you know, the people who uh, would pass on snide remarks to you and would be mean to you. Who were these people? Was it family? Was it at work? Did you find it difficult to be around them? How did you manage
1: that? Everyone actually, I remember that uh, at work uh, Mm -hmm. there was this event wherein um, I was initially I was not selected to go for it though I was the one who was leading it Mm. so you know I was the one who was in touch with the client I was the one who was having all the conversations I wasn't the one who was having the conversation with the organizers Mm. but when it came to the day of the event um, uh, the person who was managing my account uh, did say that I don't think that you should go for it because this requires a lot of energy and you need to run around and because you're so heavy i don't see you being agile so that really? completely broke my yes that completely mm. broke my heart and my confidence because i was like wow like i've literally spent days and nights you know getting those people to come for mm. it organizing everything everything and then mm. you know the the fruit of it is for you to actually go and see it happen live mm. and then when you're told that you might not be good enough because you're overweight it was something that broke my confidence completely like I remember that when I went for it after doing all of this, I couldn't even open my mouth and talk to people because I just my confidence was completely shattered. But then I obviously like I was used to it since everybody would do that from my teachers to um, my cousins to my family members Mm -hmm. to everybody. Mm -hmm. I was so used to being my own uh, motivator that I pushed myself out of it. And I was like, you know, the only way that you can do this is to prove them them wrong. And Mm -hmm. that's all that you have to think about Mm. and um, i remember that i would go for uh you know celebrations to my relative's house and you know generally we in india it's a tradition to sit on the floor and eat your food yeah and um, obviously as an obese person it was difficult for me to cross my leg and sit but i would still do because i was a young child as well everybody would just be like oh my god his pant is going to tear you know oh my god we can see the butt crack and all of that so It was very mean and demeaning at so many levels. Hmm. People would make fun about man boobs and they'd be like, Oh my God, you know, you don't need a woman because you have man boobs. And it was just like as... I remember dressing up and uh, literally dressing down and looking at clothes and being like, Oh my God, I I don't think I can wear it. But then um, at the same time, I had my mom who would be like, no, you know, just do your thing. It's okay. It's fine to be different. People are going to call you names. But if you are going to make them believe you what what they want you to believe, Mm -hmm. then you're never going to be anything in life. So I think it was a constant bashing that I had but something that I was used to because I was you know since the since I had that allergy you know I've always been obese after that mm-hmm. and I was just so used to then? it from my childhood how old were you then? Um, when I first had my allergy attack it was I was at at three years old and hmm. nobody knew the reason for it so you know hmm. it was something that doctors couldn't do anything and a huge dosage of steroids had to be administered and I just like they didn't know the reason why that happened how that happened but I just hmm. went and I was you know so fu- funnily I was underweight before that right. so from being underweight I went to being overweight so I was always right. on the extremes right
0: <laughs> so as a reaction of the steroids your body basically uh, bloated up
1: yes yes and then obviously lifestyle took over and as
0: you had also rightly mentioned
1: before Mm -hmm. you know when people continue to make you feel bad about something, you just Mm. develop a thick skin and you just want to protest even more. So Mm. that also happened in my case where I was like, okay, fine. You know, if you're going to make fun of me being fat, then I'm just going to be fat and live my life the way I want to be. Mm. So that was something that happened to me as well, wherein I was just like, it was not about self-acceptance. It was more like, you know, I'm going to be the way that I am. Uh, It was more stubbornness and Mm -hmm. it was just that I want to prove them wrong by like being the way that I am.
0: So you basically turned a rebel and
1: Look like like how it
0: turned I, out. <laughs> I, know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, did you also face bullying in school?
1: Uh, a lot. Like I remember, hmm. um, kids were, um, and I'm. I would. I would say that now, and a lot of places where I go and speak publicly, even now, hmm. I do suggest that it is so important to talk to your kids and ask them how they make their classmates or, uh, you know, their batchmates feel. Because yeah. I remember um, people feeling my body up without my permission. You know, them like um, pressing my chest because they've kind of like found it funny. Because I obviously had a larger um, chest area than others because I was obese. And those kind of things would be so sad and people would only mm. never call me by my name. They'd only call me Genda, Mota, you know, all of these things. Uh, Kalia and all of So it just like makes you feel so bad. And- and especially when you have such a big group mm. of kids doing that cool. and for sometimes they would do it in front of teachers and I would be so surprised that the teachers would not say anything because mm. for them also it was kind of like normal behavior This happens in school while you're growing up and right. I, I don't think so. I think that you should catch a tear and there and be like, no, you're not supposed yeah. to make someone feel like that.
0: Absolutely. So did at any point, uh, did you raise this issue to the principal or to your parents? Did anybody intervene?
1: Um, I did raise it a lot of times to my teachers, and mm-hmm. I I did not raise it with my parents so much because honestly, I always felt that they had to go through their own struggles. So mm-hmm. I though I used to go through everything in school um, or at work. I would never give them the entire picture unless they'd obviously detect it from my mood. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I wouldn't really vocally say anything to them. But in school, definitely yes, I did mention a lot to uh, to my teachers. A lot of times, I was advised to. <clears throat> mind the way that I dressed or walked or mind my w- watch my weight rather mm-hmm. than uh, you know going ahead and telling them so I didn't get right. any kind of support and after a more time I just gave up because I was like I know that I'm going to be the one who's going to be shushed mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. better that I just don't talk about it and develop a thick skin
0: and uh, did you also feel uh, that you know because <coughs> of the way you, you looked and the way you were being bullied so much you were also missing out on opportunities and parts even in school for example in theater or there's a play there's an annual function for example you know you wouldn't be considered for the main part because this is only what i'm assuming so did that happen to you um initially
1: yes but mm-hmm. like um uh, you know my mom was the biggest supporter over here and so was i i was I was ready to make my mark in any way possible so I would mm-hmm. participate in all kinds of pageants I would do everything that I knew that I could do as a child that mm-hmm. anybody else could do mm-hmm. so I would definitely fight my way through but initially there would obviously be that bias whenever there is uh, an animal mm-hmm. function or something where good looking people stand in the first row I mean supposedly good looking people right, and right. the others would be made to stand behind so that definitely happened but I always m- ensured that whenever I I am performing, I am the star and because of which it did lead to a lot of um, you know outcome mm-hmm. out of that which was positive for me hmm.
0: that I think is is amazing and it speaks volumes about your confidence and a lot of resilience I think because it's not easy to go through so much <laughs> of mental trauma you know and yeah. speaking speaking of mental uh, trauma, how did you handle that? I'm sure it must have um, caused you think, a lot um, of anxiety right it's throughout your school, college, uh, then at work it, it was a really long
1: haul It did honestly and Mm. uh, to a point wherein I remember when um, people would ask me about love I would just be like, I don't want to fall in love because and it was so funny that for me, because of all that had happened and I didn't know that it's affecting Mm. me uh, subconsciously so much Mm. that I had just given up on the idea of love. Like for me, love was all about loving my parents, loving my sister, Mm. loving my friends. But any kind of romantic love is something that I never considered myself even worth and I didn't want that. So I always substituted that part of my life with this and I didn't realize it that I was doing this consciously Mm. until much later when uh, obviously uh, the whole reaction of people changed after I lost weight. And -hmm. I was just like, you know, I have given up 25 years of my life, not wanting it. It's not even like I tried. It's just that I didn't want it. Mm. So I did, I did in fact go through a lot of, um, uh, you know, in in my mind, what I did was I just shut out everything that I thought I couldn't achieve and I couldn't, uh, you know, get and um, all those negative emotions that affected me, though it did affect me and it did feed me, it make me re- feel really bad, yeah. I would just divert that into maybe studying or uh, extracurriculars or something of that sort and right. not let it surface. I let it, I think that was one of the reasons why I was also uh, you know, increasing weight year on year is mm. because all those emotions were inside me. I wouldn't share it with anybody. Uh, obviously, therapy at that point in time wasn't something that was considered to be good because people would think that you're if, if you're going for therapy, that means you're mentally unstable, which yeah. means that you're mad. So, mm. you know, uh, there was a huge stigma around it. So, and there was uh, even the school counselors were not trained to talk about body issues and stuff like that. I think yeah. we are way more open and in touch with our body today. Yeah. But back then, it wasn't like that and um, I I had no help whatsoever so all that I did was bottle it up uh, showcase this happy face all the time I remember at a point in time it was so difficult for me to even cry because I was just dead in terms of emotions from inside Mm. so I would cry when I see movies and shows but in real life situations however bad it was I just could not cry because I had no emotions left in me and I didn't realize that the effect of it, of me bottling it up, was so strong until mm. now when I am in touch with my emotions and I can cry in real life situations, you know. So mm. now I know what I was missing out on and what I was keeping myself away.
0: Right. But
1: back then it was so normal for me because I just had grown up being like that.
0: Right. So, with all that weight that you've shared, have you managed to shed all these inhibitions uh, as well, these boxed up emotions? Or are you still carrying the weight somewhere?
1: It's
0: <laughs> I a think lot it's of still
1: dub. WIP. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, mm. I think I think it's still WIP because it hasn't been that long. Mm. Um especially um and also uh it's something that I struggle with day in and day out like I mm. still do not have the confidence to wear whatever I want to wear because mm. I, I still am very scarred with what happened to me as a child right. so I think that's still there though I do push myself and I'm like hey you know you don't have to be that way the whole reason why you went through this entire journey was because you could get over all of that so there are times when I break through it as well and I break free mm. but there are also times when I give into it and I'm and like my demons come out
0: mm. and how do um you know people approach you now i'm i'm sure there's a lot of difference in the way they react to you or when they get to hear your story um what is it like now is it remarkably different Oh, it is. I'm Mm. so uh, surprised
1: and that was something, you know, honestly, that was a time when I completely lost faith faith in society because Mm. I saw uh, there was a time when I completely went underground during my transformation, Mm. where people didn't know what was happening. And and then I suddenly came out and I obviously had like, uh, you know, a remarkably different face, a remarkably different body. And Mm. I saw the way that people reacted to me. And I was just so shaken because the same people who rejected Mm. me, I remember there were so many women in my batch would be like uh, you know you're great, you're amazing and you know we wish we have a partner like you but like you're you're more like a friend and the same woman would come up to me and be like and obviously hint at dating me and all of that and I, I would be like wow like just with the wow. way that I look you mm. know things have changed so much and I'm mm. like okay um, that was something that was that to me was uh, shaking my confidence uh, Sorry My trust in people Even more Because I'm mm. like Okay Like all this I was a nice person before I was yeah. um, Hard working before I was all of this before mm. It's just one thing That has changed And that has changed The entire world for me yeah. So I just couldn't trust people I remember at a point in time I was um, and, I'm, and I'm not very proud of it like you know initially mm. when I had like completely lost weight there was a phase when I ha- was so happy because finally I had the power to reject people Right. So I was literally abusing it at one point in time <laughs> and and then I was like, you know, this is what I went through. Why the hell have I become this person, you know? So I kind of talked my, talk to myself and got out of that phase. But I remember that I was pushed into that because I was just like, I don't trust anybody. I know that you were just here because of the way that I look mm. now. So mm. I'm just going to use my power of rejection and, you know, do the same that you did to me. But mm-hmm. like then I'm like, no, I don't want to be that person.
0: Right, right. So, are you ready to wipe the slate clean and maybe start looking at um, you know dating again or seeing other women or partners, etc.?
1: Definitely, I am
0: com- now, Like you said, I am
1: completely open to it. I, mm. I'm completely open to it. I think like I'm an amazing person, and you are. Um,
0: I can watch and- you
1: <laughs> Thank you mm. and then I think I have so much love to give that it would be great to yeah. share out with a partner so yeah, yeah definitely and um, that's something that um, is so important for me and, and, I'm, and I'm teaching myself to um, uh, you know be the way that I see my mom you know be with her partner so I'm just like you know I want to be that way with my partner I want to be as uh, in love and I want to give as much love and I know that I have that capacity because I see that in other relationships and in other mm. facets of my life mm. so I am definitely um, uh, changing a lot of things about me and as I said that like, there are times when I slip back and my demons do come out but I yeah. also kind of have my own mental where I'm like hey you know listen you have to mm. like snap out of this right
0: <laughs> right no I, I really wish that happens one day and you find an amazing partner Uh, for yourself who loves you inside out and not just uh, you know for the way you look uh, now Um, tell me something Um, I I know that it must have uh, you know been quite a journey uh, from your childhood to now to your transformation and the way people react to you they take you differently but in this entire phase I'm sure it's not easy to go through this kind of extreme transformation it takes a lot of mental grit to do that as well did you ever feel like giving up?
1: Um completely. I remember mm. that once I lost uh, com- the weight completely <clears throat> and then I didn't go to the gym honestly because I was very ashamed of looking at myself in the mirror and um, so I just did cardio at home and mm. I wouldn't recommend that honestly for anybody because uh, it just makes you have more of a loose skin so you need a balance between your weight training and cardio especially when you're trying to lose weight right. so um, I I, I had so much of, uh, you know, loose skin and also maybe like a little bit more weight to lose. I was just like, Oh my God, I can't do it naturally anymore. Let me just go through the easy method because honestly being so resilient and determ- determined is so difficult over a period of time. And it does come with a, a certain amount of sacrifice. So mm. I was like, I'm just, I'm just done with it. I know people who go through the easy route, who kind of goes for, um, a liposuction or a tummy tuck yeah. and stuff like that, and just get. Let me just do that. You know, I'm I'm tired of being this mm. role model or whatever to people. Mm. But uh, honestly, at that point in time, I would just go through my inbox messages, uh, especially after the humans of Bombay story. There was so many where people would just be like, you know, we thought that nothing of the sort was could happen naturally, but your determination has helped us be determined, and right. that's that is where I am like, no, you know, I, there are so many people who I. With the little that I've done, has hmm. given them so much confidence that I just and now I cannot lose yeah. track of what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it is just crazy. I'm just sitting at home and just bloating like a balloon.
1: <laughs> well, that's happened to me also during lockdown, but I'm happy because I'm now going through my phase two of fitness, so it's just like right. body goal again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we uh, I know you touched upon unconscious bias, um, and you know how uh, people viewed you differently when you were obese and when you underwent an extreme transformation. The same people uh, accepted you. Um, and wanted to be with you and wanted to be your friends or partner etc so what kind of a lesson are you going to take for your own self when you start dating people you know dating other people uh, or making friends or uh, any kind of an equation for that matter Um, are you going to consciously keep in mind that this is not what i should be doing because i've gone through the same thing and i know what it feels like to be rejected
1: um I think one of the biggest things that I would tell myself is that um or to everybody is that uh, please do not depend on anybody else mm. to keep you happy to be responsible for your mental health uh, mm. or uh, to to make you feel special about yourself. Do that mm. for yourself because, you know, nobody understands you or can be trusted or would be your biggest support as much as you are for yourself. Yeah. So, I, And I don't believe that anybody else has that kind of responsibility to take care of you, you know. You first need to yeah. take care of yourself. So love yourself for sure. Be your biggest uh, cheerleader. Uh, ensure that you are the one who is motivating and do not wait for anybody else to stand there and clap for you. Clap for yourself, appreciate yourself. And once you're in love with yourself, you definitely can love anybody else. So I think that's that's going to be my biggest, and that's what I do now as well, is my biggest thing uh, when I'm uh, going to make friends or even when I have a partner in the future or when I'm dating people that's going to be my advice to myself and secondly obviously uh, since I have gone through uh, what I have faced in my life Mm. I would definitely be more sensitive to a lot of different people Mm. Uh, you know I can see that sensitivity not just in um, uh, my uh, romantic relationships but otherwise also when I see people uh, you know when I see uh, people who are immigrants when I see people who are queer when I see everything so I just Mm. like apply that sensitivity everywhere
0: Hmm. Well, that's a round of applause uh, to you. I think with a lot of shedding of weight, you've gained a lot of wisdom, man. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, so, talking about work culture, we were talking about work culture, right? Um, what do you think um, should change? Especially, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation that's happening, especially in India about inclusivity diversity right and um i know it's driven from the west and it's it's a good thing that uh finally corporates are in india as well are trying to realize that okay you know uh, diversity and inclusion is an important part of the culture fabric and it also opens um the doors to a lot of diverse uh, talent pool as well so what is it uh, like there in the west you know, now that you're in canada uh, you worked here as well you work there as well so what is the difference and uh, what do we uh, you know indian organizations specifically need to do to make the organizations more inclusive
1: i think one thing that people uh, which i really appreciate about um the work culture and in general the culture of the people mm. over here is that they are very um it's not even about being inclusive, it's so normal for them. Like, Mm. I mean, I I think that people over here don't realize, because for me, it's like a privilege, Mm. uh, don't realize the amount of normalcy that comes with it. They did not bother about the way that they look, they're not bothered about their size, they are not bothered about, uh, you know, anything about their sexual Mm. orientation or anything. It's just like, it's not even, discussion like people for example um, you know for a queer person uh, coming out wouldn't even be a thing because it's just it's as normal as being straight you know so it's just like that that entire normalcy but for me it's like oh my god like you know this can be normal I mean Mm. being um, uh, a certain size can be normal Uh, being uh, the way that you look can be normal because everybody when you're having a discussion over a meeting table or when you're having a discussion in the conference room you Mm. you find people from um, different uh, backgrounds who look differently, who have different issues, who have like maybe uh, you know someone with a cleft lip etc and I remember that sitting in the same Indian boardroom uh, you know someone with with a certain physical or uh, mental uh, you know uh, ability or mm. inability however you want to call it would mm. be so judged upon and people would pass night comments in the background and all of that here mm. there's none of that is there it's just there's no bullshit it's just all conversations about work and everybody has an equal say Right. There is no, uh, there is no special attention. Also, like for example, a mm. lot of times when uh, people are specially abled in India, you kind of like go out of your way to give them special attention and right. you know, all of that. Right. Yeah, you know, that's 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 not even a thing. It's just like everybody is just the way that they are, and it's it's just like there's nothing different about that person. So mm. that's what I really like. Mm.
0: Um, speaking of your work experience in India, uh, I know you worked here for a long time, um, and you were still, uh, you know, you weighed um, one hundred forty kilos at that time. Did you um, come across an incident or did you feel that when you were in a boardroom for example or you know among a group of people and you're trying to have a say, you're trying to say something uh, you were cut down or shut down, anything of that sort ever happened to you or not taken seriously?
1: I think that did happen but Mm. as I said that uh, you know for me I, I was so used to it To Mm. fighting my way through all the time that I would ensure that my point was put through if not directly I would ensure that I would have a personal conversation with the the decision maker and put my point across so it was not easy for me to put my point across because people wouldn't take me seriously especially because they would find my voice to be like not manly or muscular you know Um, I don't know like not enough Mm. and yeah and then all of that so there was definitely a bias and um, um, people would not take me seriously because they'd be like oh my god you know um, whatever for whatever reasons Mm. but then I would ensure that I go out of my way to ensure that my point is put across so either Mm -hmm. whether it's having a negotiation with the person who is the decision maker and being like listen i had this point and nobody gave me a chance to talk about it so i want to place it in front of you i would go out of my way but yeah that was that was always an issue yes
0: so have you called out your bully ever in school or at workplace i know you you would go and have a separate conversation you just mentioned but did you ever call out your bully that you know listen this is not yes um I remember
1: um, in my where I worked, uh, my second workplace. Obviously, I did call out my bully, and I did mm. leave uh, the the company. Because of the belief, but like, uh, mm-hmm. I did not leave it because they forced me to. I left on my own terms after I had made it very clear, and after the organization was sweet enough to give me another offer and try and retain me and work things out for me, and all of that. But uh, the reason why I left was I had made my point, and I did not just want to work in that environment at all. But mm-hmm. um, I had ensured that I left on, I, I did call out the person, I did make it public, I did, um, uh, you know, go to the HR, I did ensure that steps were taken and Mm. I did um, ensure that all of that was done I did ensure that I did get accepted for what I was and you know the thing that I was talking about and after that I was just like no this is still not meant for me so I left
0: but I I ensured that I did call out the person Good, good, very good I think that takes a lot of courage and not everybody is able to do that but I'm so glad you did that Um, Okay, so let's get into a little lighter fun section now Um, and I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions Okay. Okay. Uh, what's your biggest? Um, sorry. What's your mantra in life?
1: Um. I think uh, live and let live. That's the thing that I always follow and I live by always.
0: High five! I, I agree with. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Define Vinith in three words.
1: Uh, charismatic, positive, happy.
0: Absolutely, I agree with that. Knowing you, I think it helps. Uh, I agree. Um, Thank you. Um, JK Rowling, all the time. Oh, okay. You're a Potterhead too, huh? I am a Potterhead. <laughs> I interviewed somebody uh, a couple of nights ago and uh, she was a huge Potterhead fan. You
1: know, so oh my God. I think, oh, I forgot if I, if I didn't mention that she was one of the reasons how I could get through my entire, you know, childhood phase of negativity mm. and all of that. She really helped me. So, yeah.
0: Right. Right, I, I'm getting a FOMO now, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have a lot of catching up to do Anyway, um, if you could define your life in a song, what song would
1: it be? I think I would just sing the song from swadeshi Yohi Challa Chal Rahi That's my thing, happy go it's lucky a
0: lovely
1: song I love that song and I would, I would. and whenever I listen to it, it's just like Okay, this is what my life is all about. Just just, just get through it.
0: (laughs) And it's a lovely film too. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Mm. I think I relate to it now more.
0: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) What's your spirit animal? Panda. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're very much like that. Fuzzy, warm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So when Vineet is not working out, what is he he doing?
1: I am either uh, watching... Uh, videos of people making food, mm. or dog videos, or playing with dogs. That's what I'm doing.
0: Mm. I have to ask you something. I've been itching to ask you. Are you spending more time in front of the mirror now? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> honestly, yes. Like I mm. think like that's something that I love about myself, and I've fallen so deeply and madly in love with myself that mm. I do appreciate and look my look look at myself in the <laughs> mirror all the time. But like not so much so that I, I do not notice others, so
0: yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> um, if you had a superpower, what would it be?
1: Um, I think um, the opposite of a Dementor to make people happy, to bring happiness into people's life. They suck happiness out of people's life, I, I think I would just breathe happiness into their life.
0: Lovely. And what's your guilty pleasure?
1: Oh, uh, actually Gulab jamun. I just <laughs> love it. There's something, I, I, a lot of people hate it. Gulab jamun and Kala jamun. I can't distinguish ah. which one I like better, but I'm just like a sucker for it. Right.
0: Do you still indulge yourself into uh, these sweets sometimes?
1: <gasps> of course, food so is life. That's one
0: thing that I, that I earned
1: after losing my weight. I, because that was the biggest um, thing that I had to really uh, abstain from was sweets. Mm. So once I lost weight, that's something that I went back to and I, I definitely do.
0: Awesome man! I um, you know I feel like going out and doing my <laughs> workout right now, but I know what's going on. <laughs> we we'll to we'll have a separate conversation. Yeah, we will have a separate conversation about it. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay, one thing you'd like to put on your bucket list?
1: Um, I think uh, skydiving. I'm terrified of heights, so I uh, that's mm. one thing that will make me feel so much more confident about confident about myself.
0: So yeah. Right, right. And um, gym or outdoor sport?
1: What would you prefer? Uh gym actually. I'm a gym rat. Right. Very guilty, so but I but I love it. <laughs>
0: that's okay. Whatever <laughs> makes the world go around for you, that's fine. <laughs> and when life gives you lemon, complete uh, sorry. When life gives you lemons, complete the sentence.
1: Oh, I would just say make lemonade out of it. <laughs> with like, yeah, it's great. It it helps you um, get your electrolytes. It makes you happy, and it's so simple.
0: Oh dear! That is such a typical response from a health freak. <laughs> I, I hope. I mean, I, seriously, thank God you didn't say add some honey. It should we do warm water? You know, all of that. I was going to, and then I was like, I'm going
1: to see like a chapal flying coming all the way from Delhi here. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to mention. That. Oh dear.
0: <laughs> well, it's been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. Um, no problem one last word that you would like to share a word of motivation to all the people who are listening to you right now
1: Um, I would just say that uh, Mm -hmm. don't be hard on yourself, Mm -hmm. Uh, please be patient. I am extremely impatient so that's something that I've learned. Please be patient, everything happens in time, with time. If you work on it, it's not going to be you know sudden, it's just going to take time, it's going to be gradual. Mm -hmm. Keep small goals, do not aim for the suns and the moons, Uh, you will reach there eventually and most importantly ensure that you appreciate yourself every day, every time and do not depend on anybody else to do that for you
0: Absolutely, positive reinforcements are very underrated but they're very Yes. Yes. Look into the mirror and say (laughs) I love you Oh yes (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much It it has been fantastic, very inspiring uh, and I hope I'm able to get out of the bed tomorrow morning and do something (laughs) with my body
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me It's been wonderful talking to you
0: Okay, (laughs) bye-bye Bye